Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hello, this is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Hello. 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 Are you mocking me? Yeah, I mean, you didn't sound like you're... Typical enthusiastic self right there. But. Hello, this is Rachel. Now yeah. you sound like you had t- dental work done. Okay. Hello, everyone. There you go. There's the chipper Shanna now. So, <laughs> so here we are on Shrink Chat. So we've changed our trivia a bit. And the way the trivia works now is that Kathy tortures me with it. It's a true story. I don't actually feel tortured, but that's the dramatic part of what we're doing. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) For now, for a little bit, we're doing um, trivia where you don't have to go to an Instagram post or what have you and answer it and wait a week for the answer. What's happening now is Kathy's going to talk about her. Kathy tells us a fun fact about something. It's horror facts with Kath. Hor- Sorry, she has a name that I'm supposed to use. Horror Facts with Kath. And <laughs> I've never called her Kath in my whole life. But I might start now. Um, yeah. Okay. This this one's hard. <laughs> so I don't expect you. I mean. I'm so glad there's no expectation. Let me tell you. you <laughs> for those other times you when might, you did You expect might get me. part of the answer. Part of the answer might be actually pretty easy. You always think I'm going to get it. The it's other so two cute. parts. Uh, the other two parts. I don't think you'll get, but I think you might actually get one of the three. (laughs) She's always so optimistic. (laughs) The question is, I guess maybe partially a statement. 112 Ocean Avenue (laughs) is the address of what family? What are they known for? (laughs) And what specific date is significant for this family. <laughs> the poltergeist family. No, but that was a really good guess. Thanks. <laughs> that was actually a really good guess. Thank you. That's my guess for now. I don't know. <laughs> um, Marge and Homer Simpson. No. Yeah, right? Oh, sadness. Uh, I don't know. But that's a good question. And we will consider it for... Next thirty minutes. <laughs> I didn't run this by you, but can we real briefly talk about these murder hornets? Oh, for sure. Have you seen this? I have, <laughs> and I know it's we we record this ahead of time, so by the time people listen to this, maybe the murder hornets aren't so trendy anymore. They're pretty frightening, and twenty twenties just bashing us over the head. Yeah, I mean, do you feel comfortable telling people what the murder hornets are, if in case? Yes, and it's not a it's not a sports team. <laughs> it's not a sports team, no. but they're about the size of a sports team. Ugh, they're big and ugly. I and man, you. they've got a face on them. Ugh. So you know, I, I feel I'm waiting for the locusts next. I mean, this really feels like straight out of the Book of Revelations. You know, oh. all right, so. <laughs> can i get an name and murder hornets and it's book of revelation not revelations it's true yeah 
I didn't want to get like a tweet of like <laughs> saying that wrong. Okay, so apparently they are from Asia, which it's like the poor Asian community has just been so hit with like everything being their fault through this. There's like just so much crap around that. Yeah, so now these murder hornets, and, you know, it makes sure to say they're from Asia and they're invading North America. Well, because originally they were called the Asian giant hornet. These things are giant. Yeah. And they can go up to two inches, and they look like aliens. Yeah, I immediately Googled the picture, as if I haven't looked at it enough. But And the stinger is up to 10 millimeters long with a potent venom that in cases of multiple hornet stings... It can actually kill you. Can you imagine being attacked mm-hmm. by murder no. hornets? No, I really don't want to imagine Okay, that. these things are gross. Yeah, and because they've arrived here, it's very different for us than it is for Japan. Because in Japan, what I understand is that they're they're relatively <coughs> frequent. It's like a frequent thing. Yeah. And and they're they're um their system, for lack of a better word, has acclimated to them. And so they're even the reaction to the aggression in the colonies, because it, it, what it what it really affects is the bee colonies, because they go in and they murder the bees. God damn it! And so, what the Japanese bees have done ha- is they have actually acclimated and they've figured out complicated ways to defend themselves against the murder hornets. They do this thing where they vibrate together, and they get the murder hornets to go away now like an army yeah but our our because they've been dealing with them for a long time but our bees have not learned how to do that yet and so they just go in and slaughter them so it's this really interesting i've done some reading go ahead i didn't mean to no no take over your topic no i'm i wanted (laughs) this to be a discussion but here's how to tell a murder hornet from other nasty wasps is the name of this article (laughs) And I guess it has a the Asian giant hornet species, mm-hmm. the Vespa mandarinia. Yeah. It's two inches long. I mean, I don't think you can miss this thing. I don't think you'll look at it and go, oh, I wonder if that's a wasp. Mm-hmm. No, you won't. It's no. big. I guess the first guy that, the first person that found one here was like, unfortunately, this is how things happen, right? It's just like random. But this is the story I read was, you know, it was just, it was dead on his porch and it was one of those moments where it was like what the f is that you know there's well, it has no this denying distinct it. orange face that's part of it yeah there's no denying it you've never seen anything like that landed on your porch and you saw this hornet with an orange face and a black thorax you'd be like okay th- there's number one hit that yeah um you would look at that and go i've never seen this before because they're very distinct yeah, I think the difficult thing is, the scary thing is the murdering of the bees. And that that's what it is. If yep. you can imagine a hornet that goes into a beehive and literally murders bees. And we're already having an issue with bees going, becoming extinct. Yeah. So, so bees bees have been a hot topic for yeah quite a while. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. More murder and mayhem for us to <sighs> sort out. Yeah. Um. So it's not the poltergeist house. Uh, no. Is it the exorcist house? No. Um, okay. I, yeah. try, I try it again. I mean, those. The, the, it's good. They're good guests. I, I'm in the right like era probably is why you like that. All right. I'll work on it. I'm working on it. Um, you're right. I probably won't get the other things, but, but maybe I can guess the 
yeah the the movie or the thing you're talking about um, yeah, I mean, you're, those are good guesses, though. Okay, cool. No, those I'm going to keep trying. Yeah, I know. Here I go. I'm okay. going to keep trying. We're only like eight minutes in. I'm going to. What's new in, in, the, in the world of Shanoon? Shanoon. Um, I, hmm. Yeah, so work, as, as people who listen regularly know, I part of my work is working for an agency that serves children and families. And we are still on don't come to the office land except for that they have instituted a thing where 10 people can go to the office mm -hmm. and it's a pretty big building there's a couple of different buildings that are associated with this agency but the building i work in is a pretty big building so 10 people like you'd never have to set eyes on each other um a couple different stories and what they did was they put like five people in one department they assigned like this department can have one person this department can have two people they kind of kind of arbitrarily although i'm not senior management so i wasn't in the conversation i'm sure there was thought put into it but and so that'll probably change they might move the chess pieces around of who can and basically if you want to go to the office you know you just need to get approval to be in one of the slots so yeah. to speak to like take up a slot and um you know, because there are some people that are really struggling working from home because either they really have um, a lot going on at home and they need that separation mm -hmm. or there's, you know, little kids that they have to be home with. So that's hard for them to go to the office because of school being out. Yeah, you know, so everybody's, concentrate. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's got a situation. My personal situation is that I don't my particular job does not need to be done in person mm -hmm. um, like ever really i mean obviously it's of course nice to have supervision in person <laughs> and we'll get there mm -hmm. eventually um but we're also doing it all over zoom or skype or whatever yeah i it's mean fine. there's there's advantages and disadvantages and like i've i've said to you when we weren't recording how i really miss having clients in person i also do evaluations too which you can't really it's much harder to do in zoom I used to do them um, for the state hospitals over video conference, so I am used to that. I'm not currently doing any at the moment. I am working on one and maybe just picked up a second court case, which is actually in Michigan. Um, I'd be going on as an expert, but I've already said if you guys need me, I'm going to have to testify through video conference. So even court right now, it's interesting, right? It's weird. Mm -hmm. But the positive, as much as I prefer doing therapy and I certainly miss teaching in person because I'm doing all of that over Zoom right now too is um, we are helping because mental health has really taken a hit during this we are also able to reach a lot of people this way and so a um, couple weeks ago I did a live broadcast for Stowell Learning Center which is um, a, a place where if Parents find out, and they help adults too, people who have learning disorders, attention deficit, people on autism spectrum, if they need extra assistance for school, um, I would do the psychoed evaluation, and then I would refer people to Stowell to get their resources for that. Gotcha. So Stowell, um, Jill Stowell and Megan DeLeon reached out to me and said, hey, would you mind doing a live broadcast for parents who have teenagers during this quarantine because parents are going nuts right now and yeah. te teens you know what we know about teenagers right is they're in this identity uh stage where they're wanting independence and dependence all at once 
So then they're stuck under the same roof with their parents and there's this whole thing going on. So we were, so I broadcasted, um, my associate and I broadcasted a couple weeks ago and Megan said what we would have normally reached, you would have probably done this live and maybe we would have gotten 50 families. Uh, our broadcast hit over 13,000 families. And so when you look at that, you go, okay, that's a positive. Oh yeah. There's definitely positives. I so, agree. um, I, I think that's something that we will probably start to utilize more because we are really used to doing in-person presentations because they definitely feel more intimate. But I think this is, this will become, even if we go back to doing in-person stuff, we're starting to realize how many people we can really hit doing this. So, yeah, I agreed. I mean, there's, there's pluses, you know, we're all starting to turn our attention to, well, we're trying to turn our attention to what, what we can be grateful for. Right. Cause this is yeah. so, so difficult. Um, and so that, that's one thing for me, it's, it's harder to find the positives. Cause I've said to you, I, I like the in-person, but when I look at that and I look at those numbers, I go, wow, so many people were able to tune into that. Yeah. I mean, that's something I've been aware of in a different way is, um, one of the things that I've started in addition to my agency work is, you know, I have a brick and mortar, um, private practice office that I've used that I'm not using now. Um, so a couple of months ago I started doing telehealth like uh, only, <laughs> um, and I branched out to use telehealth all over California cause I'm licensed in California. So I can serve anybody anywhere in California legally uh, under my license. So it just gave me the opportunity to be exposed to so many different kinds of people that I wouldn't. And so I'm seeing about, um, depends on the week, but like 20 or so clients that way. And so it's just kind of like broken open this world to me in that way. And there's plenty of therapists that were doing that before. So mm -hmm. I'm not, <laughs> I'm certainly late to that party, but the pandemic has, created a situation where uh, many, many, many more of us are getting in that particular um, venue. And so it's been really interesting. I'm learning a lot about doing therapy via video, doing therapy via chat, doing therapy via phone. And I'm, and I'm not negative or positive necessarily on any of it right Actually, now. I don't mind the phone. I'm, I'm just, I'm assessing. I, mm -hmm. I'm not, I, I'm just assessing and I'm, I'm kind of seeing the pluses and minuses and the gray of it all. And yeah, I don't mind the phone either. I'm doing a lot of phone sessions. Yeah. I, I'm doing a handful of phone sessions and those are easier for me just again, because we've talked about this too, being on a screen and, and whether you're teaching or doing therapy, you're very aware that you're on. So it takes more energy to sure. focus um, and so for me, I have three courses I'm teaching over the summer on top of a full caseload. I not ashamed to admit that I'm having a hard time. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful because I have work. Yeah. That's one thing I really want to, Oh, me too. I really want to say that I don't want to come off as someone who's, who's ungrateful because there are a lot of people in situations where they cannot work or they've lost their jobs or they're furloughed. 
And my heart goes out to you guys because that is a whole different type of struggle. You know, someone said, uh, I read a quote that said, we're all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. And I think that's really true that uh, only a fraction of the people going through this really, really understand what it means to suffer through this. And whether that means they've lost someone to the virus or they've lost their work or their financial, whatever, uh, I'll be the first to say I'm incredibly fortunate and grateful for being able to work with that being said um all of my work is on screens right now and i'm working a lot and i'm i'm mentally exhausted and it takes a different type of stamina yep to do that Agreed. so one of the things that you were talking about with the office i know that usc has entertained this idea i don't know if we're, we're a private university so we're we have different guidelines as far as if we want to open or not in the fall. I don't think we are, but I think one of the things they've entertained is sort of a hybrid. So for example, Monday nights, half the cohort would come in, the other half would watch it on Zoom, and Wednesday they would flip it. Okay. Things like that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to force us to all be online through fall. But these are some of the things that they're starting to talk about in high schools and stuff too. So Yeah, yeah. I have connections in like three or four other universities that have all prepped for fall online. Yeah. So. I mean, we are definitely all through summer and they're already telling us to prep for fall. So Yeah, that's what everyone else is doing too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. So there it is. Um, in other news, I... Is it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house? Mm-mm. Sorry, I'm going to be calling back to the truth. No, but to really it, try and guess this. You're throwing out some good ones. Okay, I feel like I'm in. I so this is what I'm doing is I feel like I'm in the right like genre. Like I'm definitely in the right genre and yeah. in the right time period. Because you're thinking you're thinking family and you're I, thinking yeah. there's something oh, memorable. Yeah. About I'll get the there. I'm gonna get there, man. Year and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in other news, I was watching, it's not the Hellraiser house, obviously. No. <laughs> I watched, I rewatched um, Hellraiser, one of my favorite horror movies, and then I decided to watch Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Can we talk about the opening scene in the house? We can. Um, <laughs> first of all, what would you I, like to say about Well, I'm just incredibly OCD. So when she's like wearing all the white or whatever, or he's wearing all the white and starts to take the bandages off and how it gets all over the place. Yeah. I'm like, I'll clean up. I, it just, it's perfectly white and it's all stained. But, so, uh, the so, second, yeah. the second one is cause we, we've made so much fun of her in the first one. I know. So and here she comes. That's what's so funny about this. So, I mean. If I watched this movie once, I don't remember it. Because I know I've seen it before, but, like, it wasn't something that imprinted on me. It's 1988, Hellbound Hellraiser 2, oft colloquially called Hellraiser 2. Um, it's funny because I tweeted out, <laughs> when you're when you're a psychiatrist and your girlfriend, who is dead, seduces you to acquire <laughs> new skin, but then... <laughs> but then That's right, new skin. <laughs> But then he brings you beautiful young, but then the psychiatrist, you bring her beautiful young women, hanging them on hooks so that she may have the skin. It's just like, okay, <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but so the interesting thing about this, um, this one for our purposes is that it's uh, a psych, it's totally tied to mental health. Um, so it's like, the psychiatrist ends up having a girlfriend who is my least favorite character from Hellraiser, which is the stepmother woman that you were talking about. So she's dead. She seduces you to acquire the new skin, right? But then you bring your girlfriend the skin 
via women hung on hooks and then proceed to become the next Cenobite, basically. <laughs> so so that's actually what I tweeted. Oh my god. I didn't say it right before because I couldn't remember exactly what I wrote. But that was kind of, that's my synopsis of this movie. Um because so the interesting thing too is that they do create a new Cenobite in in Hellraiser 2, which is this psychiatrist guy, and that he is then known as the doctor. And yeah, she plays a prominent role. She's my she least does. favorite in the first one. Yeah. But she's better in the second one. She's better in the second one. And there's also a lot more going on. Lots of skin being ripped off. A lot of skin. But that's Hellraiser. But even more in this one. Yeah. But I swear to goodness, every time Pinhead and Chatterer and all that come on the screen, it just makes me happy. I know. And what is... um. What's the female? What's her? She's just called female Cenobite. That's that one, it? That one is. There's another female Cenobite that I think has a different name. But okay. the one in this movie is called female Cenobite. No, there's another one I'm thinking of. I'm sure. That's from the first one. Mm, okay. Hold on. Um, I love that franchise. Some of the, the, when they get further into it, some of them get really i mean they're all really strange but yeah and the female cenobite might have like a different name that i'm not thinking of or whatever but um deep throat that's her name there's dreamer i think uh there's a bunch of them but so for this one you get chatterer you get um as i said the doctors created you get butterball you get the female Cenobite, which is the one that has those um, silver things coming out of her cheeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's really pretty. And Pinhead. And the cool thing about if you're tracking Cenobites, as I do with these movies, because they're my favorite part, um, Doctor gets created. But also, you get to see their human forms. Yes. And you really get into the fandom of that Cenobites were people. Yes. And... You get a flavor of that in the first one, I think. When you see Pinhead. Yeah, but he... you, but in this, the very first scene of this movie is you meet Pinhead when he first opened the box. Yep. And then, and then there's a scene in this movie where you get to see those Cenobites as. As humans first. Humans before yeah. they were changed. I love that scene. And, um, and, uh, Butterball was a kid. Yeah. That was really cool. Anyway. Yeah. So I had forgotten some of that because I haven't been a Hellraiser geek in a real long time. But I'm revisiting that in pandemic times. So that was enjoyable for the, me. The, the end scene, though, is so crazy weird. The doctor. The, it really is. Yeah, it's just. And, and all the um, animatronics. Just it really like, is. Yeah. Yeah. Is the trivia something in the Conjuring universe? No. No, but I mean, you're like, okay, I'm so close. You're getting closer with that one. <laughs> I'm going to get there. Okay. Closer with that um, one. Can I just make a yes. statement? <sighs> I miss Disney. I miss going to Disneyland. I just looked at your Haunted Mansion picture up yeah, on I the wall. I miss Disneyland a lot. Um, I really had like a depressed kind of, yeah. I miss that park. I've I'm, literally been watching reruns of YouTubers that are Disneyland YouTubers just to go to Disneyland virtually because I miss it a lot. I really miss, I miss thinking about, yeah. I was planning a trip when this happened. I was planning a trip and I got an annual pass this year. Yeah. Well, that's what did it. Well, my friend said the same thing. She says, you have the worst luck. Of course that's going to happen. I'm like, blame <laughs> the pandemic on me. At least you get to use it eventually. Uh, yeah. I don't know what they're doing with that. I mean, Some they've opened up Shanghai Disney 
um, land. So, yeah. Um, and I've read all about the stuff that they're doing there and how they're doing it and the capacity load and how they're doing the lines. And like, I've read all about it because I'm a total Disneyland geek. Yeah. I started reading on how they wanted to open ours too. And like, so they'll the, probably institute a lot of that. Yeah. I just, I, I think it's what you said. It's just the being able to think about hmm, when do I want to go next? And a lot of it's that because I don't go more than once a year, yeah. sometimes twice a year um, these days. Uh, in some years, I haven't been able to go at all, but it's just the thinking about it. So anyway, yeah. yes, agreed. I'm going to sit. I, uh, I watched a couple other horror movies that I wanted to mention. Okay. Uh, one is called Color Out of Space, which is Nicolas Cage. Mm. And it's been pretty famous this year and gotten a lot of conversation and reviews and stuff done about it because it comes from a, a short story from H.P. Lovecraft. Hmm. Um, it's like an alien short story from him. And so it's been pretty famous as far as 2020 horror movies. I'm trying to keep up on my 2020 horror movies. Um, Nicolas Cage, of course, which to most of us says, okay, this is going to be freaking weird. Depends and, what circa. Because mm -hmm. he had some now. good moments. <laughs> The now, yeah. the now circuit. The now. He's got a lot of projects in in the hopper, as they say, or as somebody's grandma used to say. Um, it's weird. It's a weird alien movie. Um, I am not sure about the, calling it a horror movie. I think you can. I, I think it's just in the alien horror. It is a horror movie, but it's in alien horror. So if you like sci-fi with horror elements, in other words, I think this is more of a strict sci-fi movie in a way. We were just having this conversation. We were. And then it gets, and then it has horror elements. So that's the way I look at like horror and horror, like reviewing horror movies is I kind of look at like, is it really a horror movie or a strict horror movie? And what is the subgenre or the overarching genre? And so this is, to me, this is sci-fi with horror um, it wasn't exactly my cup of tea. I know that it's gotten a lot of buzz and stuff. Um, I, I found it hard to focus on at some points. I'm not, I guess I could say I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. It's been on a lot of like top lists for like horror to watch this year. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's because of the HP Lovecraft thing or because there's not a ton of horror coming out like that's new i don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> but so i'm not exactly how sure how i feel i can tell you that it's not going to be on like my top 10 list of the year i could tell you that okay um but other than that that's what i i watched that i've been wanting to watch that for a while because it got a lot of buzz um there are definitely horror elements there are two, there are two or three scenes that are awesome that are horror. Okay. Um, they don't come until later in the movie. But yeah, if you just like to see cool, like practical and effects as well as cool CG, there's some interesting horror stuff. Alien, eh. even though Alien is one of my favorite movie, like Alien horror isn't actually generally my favorite, yeah. even though Alien. Well, that, that was a totally different. It's like so good. Yeah. This is more like pods and goo and, <laughs> you know. The nuts, the horror part of aliens that they do. And I also watched the movie. Um, it's called Z. Okay. I like this movie. It came out on Shudder 
let me look up the date here in May. It looks like May 7th. Um, and I like this movie. So <laughs> it's interesting. Do, you have Shudder now, right? I do. So um, it's. I was reading this one review that said, it's a vicious little movie that recalls Poltergeist and the Babadook. With its story of a possessive force that destroys a family. So what starts out as this little boy has an imaginary friend. And we think it's imaginary. Now, we know we're watching a horror movie, so we know it's probably not imaginary. But mm -hmm. um, and, and the imaginary friend's name is Z. And then eventually... Z, um, the kid starts drawing pictures of Z, like full blown pictures on his walls. And so then you start to, and then stuff starts to happen like a haunting. I feel haunting. like I remember running by it when I was on Shutter. Yeah, like a haunting. So it's got, it's definitely a horror movie. It's got um, a haunting uh, that's going on. Z is basically haunting um, the kid and the family. And then there's a mental illness component that comes into it later because they mm, they don't is. believe uh, the mother, and and then there's some twists. So I won't go into the twists, but I enjoyed this. Um, I do tend to like haunting type movies, but then. And I also tend to like things like The Ring and stuff like that where there's like a creepy thing that scares the crap out of you. Okay. And you got that in this movie. Sweet. So I would say if you liked Poltergeist or if you like The Babadook or if you like haunting type stuff and there are some twists, uh, yeah, and there's some jump scares. Nice. This would be cool. Shudder has some good stuff. This is a good one. Yeah, um, and that's and Shudder's actually where I watched Hellbound Hellraiser 2, and I watched it live, ladies and gentlemen, because on Shudder they have a live aspect. I literally turned on the television, and it was starting. And nice. I was like, hello, universe. That's cool. I mean, it was like 9 in the morning on a weekend, but. Well, what better movie to watch? I feel like Saturday, Saturday morning, morning is my horror jam. It, it really is. <laughs> I, um. I got back into the fourth, so the fourth season of Riverdale is now on. Oh, is that Netflix? like a new season? Uh, I mean, it's it's out now. I, I'm I'm probably watching it delayed. Okay, but I just Wonder. wanted the reason I'm bringing it up is because obviously they had to kill off Luke Perry's character because he died mm. in real life, and the whole episode one is he ends up getting into a car crash and they but um you could tell that it really was an homage to him Aww. um and he gets into a car accident because he gets i'm sorry he gets hit by a car because he gets out of his car to change a tire for a woman who was had a flat or something and so when archie goes to the scene to pick up his dad's truck she shows up with flowers and it ends up being Shannon Doherty. <laughs> so it was really emotional because Aww. there's a scene where she's apologizing to Archie for she being the reason why his dad died mm. and, and all this stuff. Um, but there's this emotional piece that you can tell she it's, it's coming from a, a place of like real emotion um, because of 90210 and their relationship. And, um, and also now knowing that she is back in stage four breast cancer she used to come into a restaurant I worked at, and she is lovely. 
human. Um, But I found myself watching this episode and really like finally mourning him. He was a big part of my childhood and watching Nano 2 and 0, but you could tell that the performances is they did a a funeral for him and the whole thing, but you could tell that the cast was really mourning him and they did it. It was so tactful and the way that they wrote his character off and, and he was a big deal in this town and he had built a lot of the town on the show. But if you know anything about Luke Perry, the actor and the person and the way people talked about him after he died is that they were metaphorically talking about him as the man. And so it was just really well done. And I found myself like, I was crying. Oh yeah, it was I'm behind. It was really I'm behind good. in my Riverdale watching. I got kind of lost the. Yeah, I, I did too. And soap then, operas lose me. <laughs> usually, I got, I got back on. I mean, I hadn't watched it in a year. No, and, I'll I'll get there probably. Um, but, but it's less about the show and more about what they did with this episode. And it's great, it was really like a dedication episode. It was cool. That's cool. I started yeah. watching One Tree Hill, which I never. Oh watched. my god, I never watched that. I either. never watched it, and I yeah. was literally just looking. Chad Michael Murray, right? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Like I know nothing about the show except that it was. Some of those guys had pretty decent careers for a while after that. Yeah. So yes. I was just looking for. Like Riverdale has more intrigue. Sophia Bush. And yeah. I was looking for um just something that was like teenage angst. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just go looking for some kind of teenage show as a as a total like just a total distraction because it distracts me. The the simplicity of the teenage needs <laughs> is there something comforting to me about that about putting myself psychologically putting myself in the position of like teenage desire <laughs> because it's so innocent and it's something we've all been through totally and how like how surface it can seem but i also know how real it is and i work with a lot of teenagers so i just i don't know it, it was enjoyable. I only got through a few episodes. I but. mean, that's why I'll go back and watch like Felicity and Dawson's Creek. Exactly. Nostalgia. Exactly. Yeah. And in the first couple of, I only watched like four episodes, but in the first few episodes of One Tree Hill, they talk about Dawson's Creek. Like they make jokes about it like four times. Yeah. So there's yeah. a cultural frame of reference there. Is it the, ex- no, I already guessed the exorcist. Sorry. I'm still trying no. to guess the. You were, you got a little bit closer with the conjuring. Yeah, I know. And I'm thinking, oh, is it the Amityville Yes. So it's the Amityville house. So what were my other questions? Okay, so who's the family? So, you know, who lived at 112 Ocean Avenue? Because that house is still pretty... Right. uh, So it's the DeFeo family is who it's based on. Okay. If I'm saying DeFeo, DeFeo. But wait, um, what were the other questions? Do I know the other things? Well, so... Okay, sorry. Who lived at that address, the DeFeo family? Mm -hmm. What are they known for? They're the Amityville. The Amityville. And then what date is significant for this family? So it's November 13th, 1974. The reason why that date is notable is that's because, when he shot the family well right that house had been there even like since 1945 and there were never any haunt like no one had ever reported anything and that was the date that they had their first like paranormal experience in that house that's when it, oh, the date okay. that everything started um, oh okay so yeah amityville okay i thought that was the night he shot up the family but i don't know it just what i read is that <laughs> that fine. was when when Everything started to turn. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right then. So. Yeah. So maybe that's when they it started to turn, and then that's when he shot up yeah, his family. Could be. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Yay! 
There it you took, go. It took me a while. I knew that you would get at least Amityville. Yeah, yeah. Because the house, why am I talking about a house? There's only a few significant houses. Well, I appreciate houses. your confidence in me. Well, that's why I said poltergeist, right? Like, right. that's top And when you said conjuring, five. I'm like, ah, oh, you're like right there. <laughs> Based on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> I'm so glad I kind of almost sort of got that. <laughs> but this is how it's going to go for us with these, because I'm not going to know. That's for sure. We should maybe do an episode on the Amityville. Well, we should do a rewatching of the Conjuring stuff because I love it. But yeah. we should also maybe we could talk Amityville around um, the Halloween or something because the Amityville true crime. It's a true crime. It is. Thing. And the originals are great. And even the one that came out in I think it was like 2005 with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought was also good. Yeah. So could be fun. It could be. And I think fun. Melissa George. I think she plays the wife. I think that's that could be is. good. But in the meantime, we're going to do other stuff. Do you have anything else to mention for I today? Don't. No, today. Today is over. All right. Well, from Southern, from very sunny and warm Southern California and the United States of America, this is Shrink Chat. <laughs> that was so patriotic. I know, right? I even sat up a little bit in my chair. Sounded like a real Karen. I could almost, oh, God. She hates me. Way to take the zhuzh out. Right out of it. <laughs> this is Shrink Chat. My name's Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.